Hello and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast where it's not always about dead things. I'm Ryan. I'm Emily, and I get to say squonk a lot today. So, today we are talking about fearsome critters, which refer to a collection of cryptids, which is a mythical or folkloric creature. You may know Bigfoot, Yetis, Nessie. Yeah. Well, technically Nessie wouldn't be a fearsome critter because that's in Scotland. Well, no, she's she's not a fearsome critter, but she is... Mythical or folklore She's a cryptid. Yeah, she's a cryptid. Um, Unicorns, all cryptids. But these fearsome critters specifically come from early lumberjack tales all around the beginning of the 20th century, and a lot of them actually continue even into today. Because we all know lumberjacks have the best stories. They, they, well, according to some of these, I think they do. So most of the creatures are less frightening. So if you think of like mermaids and... Bigfoot, a lot of them have kind of dark histories behind them. Like, mermaids are supposedly, you know, like, they'll sing and make people come well, closer yeah, and they'll the, drown semen. I, <laughs> I feel like mermaids are a little less like that, and that's more sirens. Sirens, too, but mermaids also, they, like, you know, they kill fishermen. Yeah. And lure them with their beauty and then drown them. Uh, they're kind of not... Depends on the myth you read, but a lot of the ones, especially out of Europe, I've read are a lot... They're, they can be really, really dark. Just depends. Some people are like, oh, yeah, they help sailors get back to shore. Other ones are like, no, they just drown. I was going to say that mermaids aren't that hot, but... Well, that too. But regardless, Not a lot like, of... drown you hot. <laughs> no. They might have been hot back in the day, though. Like, like old-timey hot? Like, old-timey hot. And old-timey hot in these remote fishing hot. villages <laughs> where they were nowhere near, like, royalty. Like, the hottest they had was not hot. No. So, Yeah. But uh, anyway, so a lot, while a lot of cryptids have these darker, seedier histories, and they almost serve as sort of a, I guess, a warning to children and adults, like, be careful around the sea. If someone is singing to you, don't follow them. Like, in a way, a lot of them serve as sort of like a, you better be careful. Was that, like, a big issue? If someone is singing to you, don't follow them? I don't know. All I know is that a lot of them tend to be more... What's the word? Like, you would write kids' books about them because it teaches you a lesson. Like... There's, like, a moral to the story, in a way. Fables? Yeah. Well, fables don't really have, like, a moral. No, they do. That's why they're, like... I suppose. They have, a like, a lesson that you learn. Yeah, so similar. So a lot of cryptids have that. Lumberjack tales, the fearsome critters are different in that a lot of them are just kind of funny and random. And, you know, a lot of them basically arose out of pranks. They're dude stories. They're... Basically. Like, there's no substance to them. No, not at all. Um, So some of them were just complete jokes, and other stories were believed to be real and even feared. A lot of the loggers would sometimes sustain strange injuries, have things go missing, or even go missing themselves. And a lot of the time, these mythical creatures were to blame. For example... Because that's what humans do. Like, if we don't know what's going on with something, we invent something to explain it. Oh, exactly. That's how... The entirety of the Greek mythology came to be. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just we don't know how this planet got here, so... Yeah. Here's a story. Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, that's the same way that, like, Native Americans told tales, and, I mean, all, all cultures had it. Ours just, I guess, since America's fairly new in that sense. Uh, 
at least you know the white history of America is fairly new. We did America <laughs> forever, but white history here is you know we can trace that back to a pretty strong beginning. So they're not as yes, there was a boat yes, um, and it landed yes, but these are um, ours. Yeah, this this is the kind of bullshit that white people come up with. Yep, exactly. Why don't so, we? Why don't you tell us a little about? I mean, you have been telling us a little, <laughs> but. Well, I mean, I was saying that a lot of the loggers used um, strange creatures to sort of explain weird disappearances and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, I think you had a note on Yeah, them. Uh, there is a creature, and there's going to be some silly names, and I'm going to say them as seriously as humanly possible, and you're just going to have to roll with it, <laughs> because I don't give a shit. Here we go. There is a creature called a gumbaroo. Which is found in the Northwest, uh, most notably around Coos Bay, Oregon, which is on kind of oh, on the, the southern coast yeah. of Oregon. Our neck of the woods. So uh, yeah, not super close to us, but like in the same state. Closer than Florida. Well, most things are closer than Florida. <laughs> um, people say it looks like a really fat, hairless bear. With wiry eyebrows and, like, leathery skin that's still kind of elastic and almost indestructible. That sounds terrifying. Naked naked bear with big eyebrows. Are they sure they didn't just see a naked man with big eyebrows? Because <laughs> I think a shaved bear and a man look very similar. What men have you been looking at? <laughs> Clearly not a The right ones, no. <laughs> no, have you ever seen a naked bear? I thought I mean, you were going to ask if I'd ever seen a naked man. I was like, that's not what this podcast is about, Ryan. <laughs> I was saying naked bear. Um, I have seen a shaved bear before. And they're creepy, but somewhat manlike. They look like big guinea pigs. Big shaved guinea pigs when guinea pigs are shaved. We're getting off topic. Anyway, so it is believed that the scarcity of gumbrews, they're not super common, uh, is due to their combustible nature um, and the prevalence of forest fires. This animal... It burns really, really easily, like film celluloid, which will just oh. go up like yeah. a fucking light. Like, you used to not be able to take celluloid on buses because mm-hmm. it was so combustible. Yeah. Um, and they will explode forcibly, which is the only way you can explode. So, I think maybe this must have come out of some guy saw a really ugly naked man, you know, have the whole. Why like, spontaneous... are we still on naked? He's I'm, not big I'm, enough. Naked I'm, men are not big enough. I've seen some big men, and they could be naked. But you, and also, like, how close are you really to the gumbrew? Can you really tell size? You probably saw it like behind a tree, same as know. Bigfoot. You don't like doesn't walk up and be like, "Hey, I'm a gumbrew." Like, you would see it from far away. Maybe it was a naked man that spontaneously combusted. Um, anyway, they used to use this as a way to explain forest fires spreading and also loud bangs, like the falling of trees, mm. which was probably just the falling of trees. Shocker. <laughs> um, just to answer that question, if a tree falls in the forest and there is a lumberjack around to hear it, he will call, call it a gumbaroo. <laughs> uh, there was an alleged confirmed kill of a gumbaroo by an M Force agent in 1957. Um, when Mike Mulligan and Abernathy Quinn destroyed a gumbaroo near Coos Bay, there have been numerous reports of gumbaroos since then, but only five confirmed sightings and no successful kills. Um, that was almost direct quote from a book, an old book, very old, book. very old book. Um, and I haven't been able to confirm that claim whatsoever. Well, no, I didn't figure you could. 
I don't know. I figure there might be like a newspaper article, like where the gumbru is strung up between the two people yeah. on like a dock. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, for so, the record, what is M Force? I don't fucking know. It was a quote. Hold on. M Force agent. Even that sounds made up. Those names sound so made up. Mike Mulligan and Abernathy Quinn. Well, yeah. Those are spy names. Welcome back. I have no idea what M Force is. Well, okay, mystery. Maybe we'll do a future episode on what the fucking M Force is. Yes, exactly. So that's the Gumbaroo. And keep in mind, we're not really going to be talking about Bigfoot and Yeti and all of that, even though we have technically mentioned it. But those are different. Those were around, I think, even before like lumberjacks came along. I think those actually come out of. Like, There's, this Native is a American. very specific. Yeah. group of creatures exactly it's not i mean some of them do have roots in native american lore but for the most part these were kind of invented by the lumberjacks of the early 20th century so we're not going to be talking too much about bigfoot and yeti instead today we're talking about some of the stranger far lesser known creatures of north america like the wampus cat the hide behind the tripodero the hoogag the hodad the side hill gouger squinks squonks and axe handle hounds you should hear a list of Pokemon names. Yeah, maybe we'll post that as a as a treat for you guys later in the week. Just doing a recitation. Yeah, of uh, Pokemon names. We're just gonna. I'm not even gonna go into that and explain it because you guys just have to see the <laughs> stupid video Emily took of that. I don't know if I still have that. Well, maybe that's a good thing. So maybe you guys won't get a treat later <laughs> in the week. I guess you'll have to stick around and find out. I Snapchatted it and then I deleted it. Because I thought you might be mad at me. I wouldn't be mad. And also, I didn't want the cute guy that follows me on Snapchat to think I'm an idiot. Uh, well, I was the one being an idiot. Yeah, but I encouraged you. That's true. Regardless, many of these stories arose from loggers describing strange noises, kind of like the gumbaroo being to blame for trees Forest fires the and loud... Yeah. Yeah, loud noises. Um... A lot of the loggers were basically pranksters because they had nothing better to do. Uh, it's like a hazing. Yeah, basically. So they would play along and pretend that they heard it too, and they'd tell the naive lumberjack that it was perhaps a mangrove killifish or a tea kettler, and well, the legend would be born. Actually, it's, that's where um, Snipe came from, is basically a hazing thing. Um, yeah. They do it not just in lumberjack communities with an actual Snipe, which is a real fucking bird, by the way. No, I know. Sorry. i talk about that later. I have a yeah. whole... Oh, are um, we discussing the snipe more in depth? We later? are, we are, we are getting to that. Um, so if, if we're going to save snipes for later, uh, this mm-hmm. is an excellent opportunity to talk about the hide behind. It is. Which I would give a physical description of, but there is not one. No. Because this creature in particular is known for not being seen. It's the name hide behind. Yeah. It's its whole deal is that it will creep around behind you in the forest. You can just see it like on the outskirts of your periphs, mm-hmm. and then when you turn around to look at it, it hides behind a tree. Hence, name hide behind. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there have been some speculation that it's like really thin and like furry, like a dog on its back legs. But like I said, no one's seen it, um, and it uses its ability to hide to creep up on you, and then it will drag people back to its lair and it likes to eat entrails but it does not like alcohol so that means that if you drink a lot before you go out into the woods you're less of a risk of being eaten by a hide behind that doesn't mean you're safer if you go into the forest drunk 
like to put a disclaimer on that. Well, I mean... You're safer from hide-behinds, but you're not safer in general if you go into the forest drunk. Especially if you're going to be chopping down trees. That seems like a bad mix. Don't drink and chop, kids. Don't drink and chop. There are alternate versions of the hide-behind also in... Because, I mean, all the stories vary. Everyone kind of had different versions. Yeah, I mean, there's... Pass them on. There's a lot of consistencies, but it does... There are Because it depends on which camp you heard it in. Basically. So, like, a lot of the stories you can find a lot of um, alternating versions. And another version that I heard was that the hide-behind would hide behind a tree. And if you turned to look at it, like, if you saw it out of the corner of your eye and you turned to look at it, you'd have to trade places with it. Which is a lot like a Native American skinwalker. Basically, yeah. So, I mean, just mind your own goddamn... Maybe just stay out of the woods. That's. I think that's kind of what the whole consensus of this entire episode is going to be. Is just stay, stay out, out of the woods. Goddamn woods. Yeah. Uh, so, the history behind these creatures, hide behind included, is, you know, decidedly fun for the most part. But there are cryptids that are downright terrifying. Um, for example, the squonk. Well, it has a fun name. I beg to differ and say that the squonk is maybe the most relatable of all the fearsome critters. (laughs) Squonks are said to be found in the hemlock forest of Pennsylvania. They are exceptionally ugly. Ugly. (laughs) Ugly. They're so ugly. Uh, They're hideous. Uh, They are said to be, and I quote, crepuscular animal garbed in a loose, warty, singularly ill-fitting skin. Unquote. Ew. It steers clear of water lest it sees its own reflection and begins to cry constantly over how hideous it is. So very relatable. Right? Yeah. Hunters who have attempted to catch squonks have found that the creature is capable of evading capture by dissolving completely into a pool of tears and bubbles. That's how I avoid serious conversations. It's, it's valid. Um, a certain J.P. Wendling. These names are made the fuck up. I'm seriously. sorry. Is supposed to have coaxed one into a bag, which, while he was carrying it home, suddenly lightened. On inspection, he found that the bag contained only the liquid remains of the sad animal. Aww. Uh, fun fact, the scientific name, in quotes, <laughs> name of the squonk, um, Lacrimacorpus dissolvens, comes from the Latin words meaning tear, body, and dissolve. Alrighty. And that's the squonk for you. Yeah. So I think one of the fun parts about this whole Fearsome Critters thing is their commitment to it. Uh, there were a lot of very elaborate taxidermy sculptures made of these creatures. By jackalopes taking... in particular were ja- a big yeah. deal. Jackalopes. I'm, everyone has seen a picture of a jackalope, but it's basically just tiny antlers put on the carcass of a Of rabbit. a jackrabbit, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, but they were, you know, they were committed. There was, you know, the taxidermy trick photography to convince people of their existence. Like, people were committed to passing these stories on. Um, yeah, in terms of, like, hoaxes, uh, the Hodag had a nationally acclaimed one. Um, I think Franklin Roosevelt at one point was willing to put off a trip in order to hunt for it himself. Oh, wow. Yeah, he didn't. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think we'd all know about the Roosevelt Hodag hunt. Mm. Um, but hodags in case you were wondering are mostly found in wisconsin also the northern part of minnesota 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 oh it's been a while since we've done this eh (laughs) oh Oh, that was that was canadian i'm sorry (laughs) i owe some people apologies after that um but it's it's recognized as a thing throughout the northern midwest and it's about the size of a rhinoceros and somewhat resembling it in like general build shape 
Um, it's very slow, <laughs> deliberate, and unlike rhinoceros, uh, it's very intelligent. It has a hairless body that Colin is... Colin Rhino's dumb? Yes. That's what my grandpa calls me. That's my nickname. That sounds like a you problem. You call me dumb? Yes. <laughs> that bitch. If only that were the first time I'd been called that this week. <laughs> the rest of them were you calling yourself that though so it doesn't count no actually definitely called me a bitch on saturday i'm okay. cutting this don't worry about it he kind of calls everybody a bitch i'm pretty well, sure he called me a bitch too and that was he my is a bitch party. he's a bitch <laughs> your bitch <laughs> moving on i'm just gonna Hodag. send him that audio <laughs> and we gotta make him listen to the episode tell him we gave him a shout I'm out not... listen all the way through i'm and gonna have to bleep his out. name out yeah it's too can we call him kevin from now on kevin it's like you know Kevin. Kevin. You're a bitch. Kevin, you're a bitch. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so the Hodag has a hairless body that is mottled, striped, and checked in a striking manner. Ooh. It's got a nice pattern to it. Nice. Uh, suggestive of the origin of the patterns upon Mackinac clothing, which I believe is a tribe of Native Americans. That would make sense. Um, on the Hodag's nose, instead of a horn, there is a large spade-shaped bony growth with peculiar phalanges. So it has fingers growing out of its face? Kind of. Extending up from the eyes so that it can see only straight up. This probably accounts for the deliberate disposition of the animal, which wanders through the spruce woods looking for suitable food. About the only living creature which the Hodite can catch is a porcupine. That's very specific. Why a porcupine? I don't question my information <laughs> most of the time. Hmm. Uh, in the fall, the Hodite strips wood off of the trees, covers itself in the pitch, finds some leaves to roll around, and it hangs out in its new leafy winter coat for the cold season. Hmm. So oh. basically, just... A tarred and leafed rhinoceros wandering through the woods with a shovel attached to its nose. And fingers on the shovel. And fingers on the shovel. <laughs> oh my god. Um, it is the school mascot of a Rhineland- of Rhinelander High School in Wisconsin and sort of the unofficial mascot of the city thanks to a sighting that took place there in 1893. This is also close to where someone tried to fake a newspaper photo of one. Ah, well, that mean would make sense. Yes. Uh, the Hodag also lends its name and image to the Hodag Country Festival, an annual country music festival that is one of Rhinelander's, lar- Rhinelander's largest community events, and the festival's radio sponsor, WHDG, which brands itself as Hodag Country. Alrighty. I really want to go to this place. Rhinelander, we got to make a trip there. I'm not going to Wisconsin. We're going to Wisconsin, Wisconsin and we're going to go on a Hodag hunt. Wisconsin is where murderers go. Well, we're going to murder a hodag, so I guess we belong. That's where Jeffrey Dahmer's from. We're going to go there. They have cheese, chocolate, serial killers, and hodags. We're going to kill us a hodag and then eat cheese, chocolate, and what was the other one? Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, I thought you said cereal for some reason. I got really excited. No. A lot of the cases of these fearsome critters actually really push the boundaries of biomechanics. So you have to give points to the lumberjacks for creativity on a lot of these because they have pushed to the absolute limits. Um, Have they? Yeah, a lot of them were almost more, like, mechanical than biological. They honestly sound like things that would have been in Alice in Wonderland. Exactly. I actually had that in my notes. Um, But instead, like, imagine Alice in Wonderland, but it was made up by a big, burly, lumberjack, bearded man. 
That's exactly what fearsome critters are. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland by yeah. Because when I was reading man. this, I kept thinking about that dog in the, the in the movie that was nose. sweeping the path, they and then the, same... the like little ducks that were made out of like squeaky horns. Exactly. It's like the same concept. Like there's a lot of them that are almost more like objects that are animated than they are like actual biological creatures. And even the biological creatures, a lot of them kind of push the limits, like uh, the axe handle hound, which is um. Cute as fuck. Yes. Let's be real here. But what it eats doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, you know. I mean, biologically. Um, it's described as being a long dog with a head shaped like an axe and short stumpy legs. So like a dachshund with like mm-hmm. a kind of triangular head mm-hmm. with the broad end being where it, like the mouth yeah, is. basically like an axe head. Yes. <sighs> um, and it's mostly blamed for the disappearance of unattended axe handles. Because it is its food of choice. Hmm. Uh, the book, Fearsome Critters, says that they make nice pets, but they are costly to feed because all that fucking wood. Why is it only axe handles? Why can't you feed them any wood? Uh, axe handles are polished and also... So are, like, dining get... room table legs. We'll get to this in a minute. Not dining room table legs, but <laughs> legs in general. Um... There was a man named Jim who had a wooden leg made from an axe handle. <laughs> this is not where I thought this story was going to go. <laughs> and the only way he could keep his leg intact was to wear it to bed. Um, and he eventually had to get rid of the puppy by feeding it red oak ha- handles, which they don't like, I guess. Um, Picky little shits. I mean, they only eat axe handles. I think it has something to do with the shape of their body. Like, it's the only way they can digest it. I didn't write the story. I'm just telling it. Not only is it picky in that it only eats axe handles, but it'll eat axe handles as long as they're not red oak. Like, Yeah, I mean, maybe red oak is gross. That's that's a picky little shit. Maybe it prefers mahogany. That is a picky little piece of poop dog. I don't want that dog. Tiny little dachshund with short, stubby legs. No. Could be cute. (sighs) So, as you can see, since I'm assuming a lot of you guys have not heard of any of these. There are a few that have stuck around that you guys actually might have heard of. For example, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but the snipe, which I'm sure most of you have seen <laughs> in the movie Up. Old Mr. Fredrickson tells Russell, the Boy Scout, to hunt for a snipe, knowing that it was a made-up creature, even though, spoiler alert, Russell does, in fact, find a snipe. Um, a lot of dads seem to use the snipe hunt to entertain and trick their sons, and it has stuck around as a dad joke for ages. And actually, um, it's kind of a hazing thing when you're new to a film set. <laughs> they will tell you to go find T-stops, which don't exist. What is it, like, supposed to be? It's just so other people can make fun of you when you have to come back and be like, I couldn't find what you were telling me to look for. I'm a <laughs> failure. So basically, there's, like, snipe hunts on movie sets. Yeah. Huh. Um, it's basically just a word used for sending someone on a wild goose chase, only snipe sounds cooler than wild goose. Yeah, wild, wild snipe hunt. Wild snipe chase. Snipe. It's a snipe search. Snipe. <laughs> Another good example might be the Jersey Devil. Uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> the skunk ape, perhaps? Oh, we have wait. notes on all of these Wait, things. wait, 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 wait. Let's go back to um, the Jersey Devil, and then we will talk about the skunk ape. Okay. Okay? So, the skunk ape... No, we were going to talk about the Jersey, Jersey Devil. Devil first. Make up your mind. Fuck that up. All right. Um, Jersey Devil, infinite lore. It's found in New Jersey. Uh, seen flying about. Common description is that it looks like a kangaroo with the head of a goat, leathery bat wings, horns, small arms, and clawed hands, cloven hooves, and a forked tail. 
It has been reported to move quickly and is often described as emitting a blood-curdling scream. Um, there is another podcast that did an episode on the Jersey Devil, and if you want to know a lot about the Jersey Devil, I will link you to that as soon as I remember. Um, it's either those beautiful sunfish at Thinking Sideways, <laughs> or that handsome-ass motherfucker and co. at last podcast. <laughs> we'll make sure to put it on the website so you guys know. You thought I was done with the... No, with, no. Nope. Ben Kissel. Ben Kissel for forever. Oh, Jesus. All right, moving on. I'm to pushing skunk, you past to, that. To the skunk ape. Yes. Um, I love your description here. I'm going to read it. Please do. Uh, a skunk ape is basically a swamp Bigfoot that smells like assholes. <laughs> even better out loud. There's also a ton of lore on it, so I'm not going to get too deep into it because there are other creatures that we hear about less that I want to talk about, but it can be mostly found in Florida because where else? Yeah. And it's also known as <laughs> the Swamp Cabbage Man, Swamp Ape, Stink Ape, Florida Bigfoot, Louisiana Bigfoot, Mayaka Ape, Swamp Squatch, and Mayaka Skunk Ape. I'm, I'm between Swamp Squatch and uh, Swamp, swamp cabbage, cabbage Man. man. <laughs> Look out, it's the Swamp Cabbage Man. So that's the Skunk Ape. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's just a gnarly Bigfoot. A very gnarly Bigfoot. Um, we're going to go over a couple of other uh, Fearsome Critters, but before, I would just like to let you guys know that these are books. We didn't make this stuff up. Like, there are books published. Um, the first one is called Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods with a Few Desert and Mountain Beasts, which is mouthful. Very by, succinct. Yeah. By William Thomas Cox, published yeah. in... Uh, you, sh- you of all people. Don't Cox. get to giggle. It's William funny. Thomas Cox. Yeah. Uh, published it in 1910, and William Thomas Cox was actually Minnesota's first state forester and commissioner of conservation. Well, good for him. That book is illustrated, and it's pretty damn it's awesome. It's nice to hear that the Cox came out ahead. And he did. There's another one <laughs> called Fearsome Critters, published in 1939 by Henry H. Tryon. Um, so if you're looking to do some more reading on even more creatures, those would be places to go. The, um, they have a couple online. Yeah, I know that you can find uh, Fearsome Critters online. The first one, the one published in 1910, I think is a little bit harder to find in its entirety. Nigh impossible to find, Ryan. Nigh impossible. Yeah. But they do have Fearsome Critters online. Uh, They have a 70-year edition. Like a 70-year anniversary edition. Yeah, like a 70th edition. It's It's like a legit book. It's crazy. The other one is hard to find. Yes. So um, why don't we just talk about a couple other ones that are out there being, you know... things (laughs) things <laughs> being things doing stuff maybe wampus cat mm, yes the wampus cat <laughs> said that like a fucking creep so this one's a good example of one that goes back to like native america yeah or, as opposed to being um, really lumberjack the wampus cat can be found in a different form in the cherokee mythology and it was a woman who disguised herself in the skin of a cougar to spy on the men of the tribe hmm. as they sat around the campfire with their wolf brothers and told sacred stories that apparently women couldn't listen to sacred when the woman was discovered, the tribe's medicine man. Are we, are we noticing a theme? I am noticing a theme, and it's a theme that I have noticed since pretty much birth. Yep, medicine man punished her by transforming her into a half-woman, half-cat who supposedly still haunts the forests of East Tennessee. Terrifying. Yeah, I know, East Tennessee, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not the half-woman, half-cat? No, that'd be bitching. Are you kidding? <laughs> In some sections of rural East Tennessee, 
the legend of the wampus cat takes on a more sinister tone. It is said that the wampus cat is the spirit of death and the earth, and when her cry is heard, it means someone is going to die and be buried within the next three days. I think that's the first time I've said buried in a sentence where I didn't make me sound like a Midwestern housewife. Yeah, that's impressive. Round buried. of applause. For, well, buried well, within it. the next three days. No, you ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> Most importantly, eh. The Wampus Cat is a house mascot at the American Wizarding School, Ilvermorny, and its hair is used in the creation of wands. Wow. Personally, I'm a Thunderbird, but I feel like I could have done really well in Wampus Cat. Horned Serpent over here, and I'm not sure I'm happy about it. He might it. be more of a Puckwudgie. I don't know. I got Horned Serpent when I took the test, but I really want to maybe redo a retake, because I don't feel that it's right. I don't know what Thunderbird means. It feels like the American equivalent of Gryffindor, and I'm just not... I'm not. No, it's, I think I was reading up on him, and it says that they are not the equivalents of the English, or I guess Scottish, you know, original Hogwarts version. You know Hogwarts is in Scotland! I'm not dumb, I know these things. Um, um, but they said, I think J.K. Rowling specifically said, don't try and compare your house at Ilvermorny okay, to your fair. house. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah, Hogwarts. Because um, I am same. a very hard and fast Ravenclaw. Just yeah. bird houses, I think is. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just a goddamn bird. I'm a bird. I think um, I'm just a goddamn lizard everywhere. So yeah, you're definitely a Slytherin. Yeah, like hands down. Um, another. That's not what I'm. I am on. Really? Pottermore, though. No, I'm Pottermore. I'm Ravenclaw. Um, another fun Harry Potter tie-in is the hide behind. Uh, J.K. Rowling actually published a story about how there was a hide behind living in a forest near Ilvermorny, and um, mm-hmm. it was you know terrorizing bitches and a witch and a puckwudgie took it down. And a puckwudgie is not a fearsome critter. No. Um, it is a small creature. I think of Native American origin. I think so. Uh, they're adorable. Uh, one of my favorite words to say. <laughs> puckwudgie. Puckwudgie. Sounds like a cuss word. Oh, puckwudgie. <laughs> <laughs> Does it not? It is now. So, yeah, that's the wampus cat. A little more on the hide behind. Um, I'm going to let Ryan pick one. From these three... From our list? From the list that I haven't gone over yet. Whiff and poof. Oh, fuck. I love the whiff and poof. (laughs) Not only is it an acapella group at one of the Ivy Leagues. Are you sure? Yes. The whiff and poofs. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, It is a really big fucking fish that you can catch using fancy cheeses like brie as bait. Huh. So it's basically me. (laughs) If you were a fish. If I were a fish. (laughs) Uh, you can only find them in perfectly round, frozen lakes. How often is a lake perfectly round? Not often, Does right? Not often. So you have to go out, locate it, and then cut a hole in the ice and put a little bit of cheese, uh, brie, gouda, nice blue. Good cheese. Yeah. Camembert, also nice, on the <laughs> side, and it will pop out, and then you're supposed to spit tobacco juice in its eye, and then it will puff up in rage and not be able to get back in the hole. <laughs> And they're very tasty. I hear. Are we talking about the uh, acapella singers or the uh, or the fish? Well, you know, maybe both. I mean, both it's an all good. male acapella group. Oh, I know. <laughs> With their little blazers and stuff. I think they might be just as tasty. Delicious as fish. Delicious. Uh, plus, they're also probably full of fancy cheeses. Probably <laughs> also true. <laughs> okay, let's talk a little about the come out of bodies. These are, um, I'm just going to go with a direct quote. There's not a lot on these. Uh, They sound super fucking cute, though. Uh, Reported by Mr. B.B. Bigford of Gorham. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. 
Not found outside the White Mountains, a short, stubby, rather small animal resembling a woodchuck, but having very soft, velvety, kitten-like fur. Aww. Harmless, but surprising, it has the terrifying habit of suddenly rushing directly at you from the brush, then stopping only a few inches away and spitting like a cat. A strong mink-like scent is thrown, and the comet body rushes away. Are they sure they weren't seeing, like, Skunk? chinchillas? Oh. Or, uh... I don't know what a woodchuck looks like. I just I know. know that... We have never been able to determine how much wood a woodchuck would chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. No, someone figured it out. Really? Yeah, I don't remember what the answer was, but someone figured it out. I wonder if Siri knows. No, don't, because she gets really intense. It's like a paragraph and a half long if you ask her that question. We'll cut her off if it gets too much, but yeah, this is funny, she's our first guest, and All actually right. my Siri is a boy. Oh. Siri, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? He's thinking. Assuming a spherical woodchuck in a vacuum, about 42. 42 woods. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> or not. Um, so we answered that question. Maybe we should move on to the Dungavin Hooter. Dungavin Hooter. Dungavin Hooter. Dungavin Hooter. Dungavin Hooter. I don't know. Uh, okay, I want you guys to just know that, like, Lumberjacks came up with these names. So I want you to picture the fucking brown, like, brawny paper towel guy sitting Ron around. Ron Swanson. A, Ron Swanson <laughs> sitting around saying whiffin' poof. And Dungavin Hooter. Dungavin Hooter. I don't know how you say that. Dungavin Hooter? Dungavin Hooter. Dungavin Hooter. That sounds like a word for vagina. It does. Like, not a good one yeah, either. No, like, like a scary one. Like, I'm going to the doctor because there's something wrong with my Dungavin Hooter. <laughs> so they are found mostly in the peninsula of, uh, peninsula? Peninsula. of Upper Maine, but seen as far down as Pennsylvania. Uh, this creep has the shape of an alligator, only it has no mouth. So just whack you with its head? What's its move? Um, it has huge nostrils, short legs, a big fucking tail, and also the only sound it makes is a loud snort. Well, yeah, it doesn't have a mouth. Um, from the book, Fearsome Critters, concealing itself with satanic cutting behind a whiffle bush. The, the fuck Dungab- is a whiffle bush? Shh. <laughs> then Dungavin Hooter awaits the passing logger. On coming within reach of the dreadful tail, the victim is knocked senseless and then pounded steadily until he becomes entirely gaseous. What kind of pounding are we talking? Because whereat he is greedily inhaled through the wide nostrils. Rum sodden prey is sought with particular and especial eagerness. He beats you until you cease to be a solid and a liquid. (laughs) And then he snorts you. Yeah. But I don't like the wording here, because pounded until you're gassy. I think I know lots of men who could say they've experienced the same thing. Or women, not being specific, you know? Many people have been pounded unto gassy. That got real not safe for work real fast. This entire podcast has not been safe for work. Yeah, but I just said pounded until you're gassy. We had a dick in a jar in the first two episodes. That's scientific. I, there was technically a dick in a jar in one of my anatomy classes. Not disembodied, it was still attached to a human fetus. But we had a human fetus in one of our anatomy classes and it had a dick. So technically, I've seen a dick in a jar. It's my dick in a jar. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, we're not. So there are a couple more that we're not going to cover too heavily, but we figure they're worth mentioning. Maybe we'll just kind of go. 
Yep. Back and forth on All it. right, so we have the Argo Pelter, which is a squirrel monkey-like thing that sits in trees and throws bits of wood at you. There's a ball-tailed cat, which is a big cat with a mace-like tail that they use to smash shit. <laughs> cactus cats, which are spiny kitties that get drunk on cactus juice. There's the Columbia River Sand Squink, which lives in Washington, eats lots of eels, and lures travelers away with sparks and then eats them. There's the Glowacus, which is a bear panther thing that attacks livestock. The Jackalope is a horned bunny that lives mostly in Wyoming, which is weird because why would anything cool ever live there ever? <laughs> I love it when you have to read from my notes. I like that I can figure out exactly the voice that you would have said them in because I know you so well. The Sidehill Gouger, which is a North American creature that's adapted to living on hillsides by having legs on one side of the body shorter than the legs on the opposite it's side. Genius. Ah, this peculiar peculiarity allows them to walk on steep hillsides, although only in one direction. <laughs> when lured or chased to the plain, they are trapped in an endless circular path. Give me notes of genius. So yeah, they can walk one set, like just constantly a circle around a like mountain. A, just a giant mountain. There's the Snallygaster, which is a mythical dragon-like beast said to inhabit the hills surrounding Washington, D.C. and Frederick County, Maryland. Let's see, we had the snipe, but it's worth noting that Instead of bird, I wrote burb. <laughs> uh, not on purpose. Um, also, snipes are real. They're shorebirds. Little, and they uh, they make They're a really so funny cute. sound. It sounds like... Um, if you do yourself a favor and Google shine down bird, you will see a snipe performing a, collect- a collective soul song. <laughs> yes, it is fantastic. It's great. It's fun. Um, and we have the tea kettler, which is a small, stubby-legged dog with the ears of a cat. And its name comes from the sound it makes, which is akin to that of a boiling tea kettle. I think someone just saw a terrier. Basically. Like a a Yorkie. A really dumb one, apparently, because it only walks backwards and steam issues from its mouth as it makes its whistle. As the myth goes, only a few lumberjacks have ever seen one, and they are very, very shy. But if a boiling kettle is heard and nowhere to be found, it is sure that a tea kettler is close by. Not just Frank forgot to turn the kettle off. Well, I mean, you have to look around for the tea kettle first. Now you know. Briefly, what's going on with these creatures? Um, feel free to look for yourselves. We'll put up a lot of information because there's so much. So much. There are. There are tons and tons and tons of them. And I really want some of you guys to make up your own and send them to me. Please. You will make my day. Get creative. Yeah. We really want... Draw us your own fearsome critter. Draw us as fearsome critters. What fearsome critter would I be? Someone tell me. You can write to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash getafternoonified. Or oh, just slash afternoonified. It's getafternoonified. So. Um, and then we are on Twitter and Instagram at afternoonified. We also have a website where you can just write it in an email if you're shy, which is <laughs> www.getafternoonified.com. Get did you I'm leave struggling. your brain at home today? I really did. Um, and you can also donate. 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 Uh, Read, watch, listen to past episodes. Read, watch, <laughs> listen to past episodes. Uh, find out a little bit more about Ryan and myself. Leave uh, us reviews, ratings. Uh, oh yes, reviews, ratings, and stuff on iTunes, even Stitcher. Yeah, anything. Please just talk to us. We're lonely, okay? We're lonely. We see you listening. We know how many of you have heard us, and you all continue to ignore us. Except for the ones that actually do say things. We love you. Yeah, we love you, but we want more of you. We're we're kind of a um this might be a good time to like prepare everybody um we are coming up on the end of our technical season mm-hmm. um we will you'll get us through november and december mm-hmm. so four more episodes and then we're going to take a break through january but we will be back 
with Emily's birthday spectacular, <laughs> which is a secret for right now. Yes. But, but it will be great. It will be in February. The very, very beginning of February, we'll be coming back We're to just going to so. keep reminding you guys of it for the next couple episodes in case you're one of those people that only, like, just started listening. Yeah. So you come in, like, two episodes down the line, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. That's what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yep. All right. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.